There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Yeah, welcome back to our broadcast. We're into the final hour, unbelievably. It's just flown by this evening, so it has. A lot of you getting in touch. We're going to get to your messages as we go in this final hour. It's going to be a jam-packed, busy hour. We're talking UFC 246. We're keeping you bang up to date with the live football as well. It's myself, Chris McCarty, Rob Wadsworth, and Matthew Fortune with you this evening. Let's start with the footy, and then we're delving in all things UFC 246. We're going to be live to Las Vegas in about 15 minutes' time as well. Let us start with the football. Arsenal, they lead Sheffield United by a Goal to nil, Gabrielle. Is it Gabrielle? Gabrielli. Gabrielli. Martinelli. Martinelli. It was. And he is a heck of a talent. He scores every time he plays. Almost. Yeah, he does. And he's a, he's a smart footballer as well. And he, he had, to, to my mind, he's playing a little bit out of position out there wide left. But he's very, very useful. I think there's a lot of useful, uh, youthful, sorry, exuberance in his play, which gets him into positions uh, that he might not normally get into. But he's he's got a lot of heart and he's got a lot of skill and he's certainly got an eye for goal. He's an excellent header of the ball, I think, back in the FA Cup game. He's got a gorgeous, gorgeous glancing header running across the centre half. He's certainly got the cojones, shall we say, to be a top-level centre-forward yeah. and, and not get roughed up by players bigger or older than him. Yeah, Arsenal, they lead Sheffield United by a goal to nil. Brighton, they lead Aston Villa by a goal to nil. Rob, fear for Villa? I start to think that they are... They need, they need a striker, don't they? Badly. Yeah, they've got... Some we talked earlier they've got opportunities maybe to go into that market but they desperately need a striker um, big miss of John McGinn as well so if they don't make any moves in this transfer window yes I fear for them they've got a big squad they've spent a lot of money and yeah. you know, but yeah they, they, they're missing a striker Leandro Trossard it is the Belgian with the only goal in that one thus far Brighton 1 Aston Villa 0 the big scoreline thus far Man City 0 Crystal Palace 1 and Palace have been good value for that first half lead. Yeah, they really have, Chris. And I think the, the biggest talking point, apart from the goal that Cenk Tosun scored, his first for Palace since moving on loan from Everton, was the fact that the Turkish centre-forward could have had a second. And I still think, and I've seen the replay now two times, I really think he should have had a second goal. Not long after putting the uh, the Eagles ahead, he raced through to a long ball. Edison was miles, miles out of his area for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Tosun nudged the ball around him. And then I just think it was a coming together with him and Fernandinho as the ball bounced towards the goal. Fernandinho went down in a, in a heap, really. Uh, I, I, I'm loath to call it a dive, but he certainly made the most of what was limited contact. Tosson rolled the ball into an empty net, but the referee called it back, claiming a foul. Let's talk as well. Norwich, they lead Bournemouth, 10-man Bournemouth, by a goal to nil. You said it earlier, Rob, and it was a real good point. Eddie Howe, in terms of flavour of the month and then a bad run, he doesn't become a bad manager overnight. Do we sincerely think, though, and seriously think, that if they continue this run, what is it, two wins in 16, you said yeah, earlier? Yeah, two, Does he two, go? Two, two. I don't think... <sighs> I don't want him to go. I don't think he will go. I think he's so ingrained in that club. I think they, he will get the chance to, if they go down, to stay there. I mean, but the, the stories tell itself. We've said Callum Wilson hasn't scored in since Game of Thrones started or something. <laughs> <Not said. laughs> I can't remember what the actual stat was. But they, they've had no shots today. They've had no, no shots. shots. No shots at all. So no, even not in shots off target. They've had nothing. Yes. So that tells its own story. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're a soft touch right now. Are Bournemouth, and that's crazy to think they beat Chelsea a few weeks back. That's the only high they've had yeah. in the past two and a half months. Yeah, they There's had very little for those boys to cheer. I think Eddie Howe's come out and said this window. He said it's going to be a struggle to buy players. The position they're in, uh, you know, they're going to be looking at loan players. There's not an awful lot out there in terms of loan players. They've traditionally bought in the lower leagues. And there's not a lot in the lower leagues that will come up to Bournemouth knowing the position in. And they're going to have to spend big money yeah. if they want to pull someone out of the lower leagues. Yeah. And I don't know if the, if the, 
the club will trust him with spend big money again just in terms of with the signings he's made already and not that have not worked yeah he's done very little as uh, as Bournemouth manager since they reached the Premier League to suggest that he can be trusted to to spend that money wisely I think I think he's oh, got obviously a bit harsh Nathan Aki good signing it's still 20 million quid though yeah fair <laughs> I mean he's only turning a profit because of the way the market has gone yeah. but he spent big it took a while for Aki to, to get settled and he has done good business at times David Brooks of course was an excellent Great signing piece of business but he has, when he's gone to spend big, the sort of money they need to spend to try and fix whatever the problem is down there, it hasn't proved no, to be. I, I, I think that's him. a big decision for the club for Bournemouth is, do they go big? Do they spend money that they need to spend to try and stay in the league, knowing that if they don't spend big, there's a risk they'll go down anyway. Yeah. But they, can, they, you know, can they absorb those losses? We know they're going to be in financial problems when they go down. Do they not have to make it any worse and say, look, we know we're going to get relegated, let's consolidate. Yeah, it'll be very be interesting. To be relegated. You're right, Rob. It's going to be interesting viewing there if Bournemouth continue on the run that they're going on. Southampton, by contrast, the other South Coast side, they're looking up. I mean, Ralph Hasenhutl, again, and you said it earlier, Matt, and you're absolutely spot on. How many chairmen would have pulled the trigger after losing embarrassingly on what was a cold, rainy Friday night 9-0 <laughs> to Leicester? At I mean, home. At home, <laughs> for goodness sake. They've stuck with him. I mean, he's not a bad manager overnight. It comes back to your point, yeah, Rob. Yeah. RB Leipzig, for goodness sake. Some of the brand of football they're playing was built in his image, Ralph. He's finally got Southampton players really bought into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think what happens actually the, the, uh, on the back of that beating from Leicester, what almost did him a favour was having back-to-back games against Manchester City the following week. He had a cup game against City and then a league game and he just bedded in. He was smart about it. He didn't, he didn't stay rigid to his principles kind of in the way that they had been playing, certainly the way they went out against Leicester. He just bedded in those two games. He thought, look, I'm going to get beat. We're at absolute rock bottom, but let's come out here with something positive mm. to glean from two really, really challenging games. Like, they lost both, naturally, but they, did, they, did, they, they didn't get beat 9-0. I don't think they conceded nine across the two. But what he did was, he tried... He, because that's such a unique situation for a manager to be in. There's not many that have been in a situation where you've got to pick your players up from the back of a 9-0 defeat. And what he did was smart. He got in and started fixing foundations and principles. And from that, they've really grown. They'll be level with Arsenal, Wolves and Spurs on 31 points. Just to report on another goal for you. Yeah, uh, it's the, not Haaland. Mr Haaland has got his hat-trick. You're kidding uh, me. He's got his hat He's got he's three. He's got his hat-trick. Yes, he's got his hat-trick. 79th minute, just scored again. He's come off the bench for come Borussia Dortmund and he's got a hat-trick. That on, his, on his debut, I think. In, 20 debut. in 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Alsberg three, Borussia Dortmund five in the 18th That minute. is astonishing. They paid 17 million quid for yeah. him as well. That is the best piece of business we're likely to see right then. We've got another goal first of this second half. It's come down at St Mary's once again. Is that Raul Jimenez? I think it is, you know. It's not. It's Neto. It's the uh, left winger who's pulled one back. Great work down the right by Adam uh, Adam Atrori, who's been making a lot of headlines for the size and physique that that man's possessed. Great pace, great trickery down the right, great cross, great first touch, great finish. Yeah, it was a lovely touch in the box, wasn't it? He took it down well, managed to get it out of his feet and uh, (laughs) drove it to the corner. Just as we're waxing lyrical about (laughs) Southampton, it's the old broadcaster's curse. They've conceded, so it's Southampton 2, Wolves 1. Just want to wrap up this little kind of wrap-up of what we've seen thus far. West Ham against Everton. We've touched on Carlo Ancelotti. Are any of you surprised that West Ham went back to David Moyes? Yeah, I think it's a bizarre decision, I have to say. I think... Talking of Eddie Howe, actually, I was banging the drum for for Eddie Howe to West Ham United because I think, listen, Howe doesn't become a bad manager overnight. Of course not. But there is, it's the art of timing for me. Arsene Wenger did not have the art of timing and stayed probably about six years longer than he should have done. (laughs) Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, again, 
probably, I mean, had they won the European Cup, God forbid that happens. <laughs> um, but, but had they won, then he would have then he would have stepped away. But I think he felt such injustice from that final that he just clung on a little bit longer. It's the art of timing for a manager, and it comes a point, and it's going to happen to Sean Dyche. I'm convinced of it. Is that things go stale, and if you can't rejuvenate, yeah. you have to leave. And I think when those West, when that West Ham and Everton jobs both came up, had I been Eddie Howe or however it works, his agent, whatever it is, I would have been on the phone to those two clubs and said, look. I'm ready for my next step up because with all due respect to Bournemouth, West Ham and Everton are big, big steps up and it would have been a good fit for him. He's a London boy, is he not, Eddie Howe? But an Everton fan. Is he really? Is he an Everton fan? He had had reasons for both in that case. I just think... That being said, Eddie Howe or Carlo Blumenangelo? Well, no, no, of course. course, But there there was a good few games or a good few weeks where they were without a manager and I think, and I think Howe suffered for that and I don't think West Ham wanted Moyes I'm not saying they wanted how I'm not sure they wanted Moyes but they did need to get somebody in and I just think you know, when we talk about well-run clubs Manchester City and the, and the whole City project West Ham United goodness me there's no consistency with any of their hires there it's not there's no with, management with the scouting base, network out there with is the there? fan base with the, the location of the club how are they getting it yeah. so wrong yeah. and the investment as well oh I mean it yeah. just beggars belief West Ham fans do let us know your thoughts on 4001 right then as I say we're going to park the footy for now we're keeping an eye on the goals Rob's got his beady eye on everything if any goal goes in you'll be the first to hear about it the reason I say that is we're building up to this tomorrow morning it's UFC 246 there's no one that can touch me you know I I birthed this game I made this game what it is so I'm going to go in there and remind everyone you know we've had a good back and forth myself and Donald he has my respect and and although there will be blood spilled on January 18th it will not be bad blood but there will be blood spilled get make no mistake about that that's the beautiful business we're in that's a damn good cow brother what is it now is it crocodile or uh, python python good man i gotta give credit where credit is due you know what i mean i don't know whether you've outdone me i've got lions on the inside of my baby here you know what i mean i feel good i feel energetic light fast accurate and 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 precise so I feel good here. I can read Donald, you know, I, lo- I like him a lot. He's a good guy, but I can read it. I can read Donald like a children's book, to be honest, you know. He's a good, he's a good fighter. He's got some good tricks up his sleeve. I know, I know the tricks he has, and I know what he's planning and what he, um, what he hopes to achieve. Is there any tricks up your sleeve for Saturday night? Oh, man, he can read me, so we'll see. Hopefully, uh... <laughs> Sometimes we got to go to certain places in our life to, to realise what we need to do, and I've turned over a new leaf, you know. Although I, am I, I feel I'm still the same young man, but I definitely feel re-energised and refreshed. Same young kid from, that I always am. Still, still a passionate young man, and still reaching for the stars, and aspiring to do things that have never been done before. The voice there, of course, of Conor McGregor, his opponent at UFC 246, Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. Matthew Fortune, you've been so excited about this. I got an email from you, and all your good work's going to go down the, the, the loo, I think. You, you were so excited about this. I got an email from you on Tuesday listing all the things that we need to talk about in all of this. You are so excited, so, so excited about this fight tomorrow morning. First return to the Octagon. I say first return, a return after 15 months for Conor McGregor. Has he turned over a new leaf? Well, he's certainly behaving like he has done. He's certainly a man that is controversial in a lot of the things he does, a lot of the things he says. But he has been a very, very different Conor McGregor this week. I did send you all the clips from a press conference and from an interview. 
the last fight he would have had. I wouldn't have been able to do that, no. Chris, because we're, because we're a family show. But he has been very polite. He is saying all the right things. He is looking in the right sort of shape. He is he is a new Conor McGregor. I think he's the Conor McGregor that came through in UFC. The kid that lived in a, an attic with his long, long-term girlfriend churning over in a, in a rubbish old Peugeot. I read the same feature as you did by Donald McRae, an excellent feature. Anybody who's interested in reading about where Conor McGregor came from. And he went off the rails, I yeah. think. He earned $80 million from that fight with Floyd Mayweather. He's earned big, big money from sponsorships, from all sorts. And I think he just saw those dollar signs in his eyes. And his behavior was really... It was deplorable, a lot of the things he's done. He's been accused of assault in an Irish pub. He's obviously the incident in New York at Madison Square Garden throwing uh, whatever he was at the coach. He's been a very, very unpleasant guy to follow. But he is it's the cult of personality. He is a tour de force. He has transcended that sport. He is the big, big moneymaker. And while I'm not a UFC aficionado by any sense, I'm not about to tell you how this fight is going to be won either way. What he is, is somebody that I'm fascinated to know how he will behave in front of the watching audience tomorrow yeah, we're morning. We're going to hear from Connor as we go. We're also going to be off to Las Vegas in a matter of moments. You're a good mate. We caught up with Martin. When did we catch up with Martin? Was uh, it ahead of the boxing? For the, um, for the YouTubers fight. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> KSI against Logan Paul. I'm glad to say that nonsense has been put to one side. There will be one or two of you out there saying, well, nonsense then. Nonsense still now. UFC does polarise opinion, so it does. Conor McGregor polarises opinion, but as Matthews rightly said, he has put UFCs, put mixed martial arts on the map. When we come back, we're live to Las Vegas. We're getting inside the Conor camp, inside the Cerrone camp. We'll find out exactly what the excitement levels are like over in Sin City. All of that to come in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Yeah, welcome back to our broadcast. Beautiful night down here at Barasti. 20 past 8 on your Saturday. The football is in full swing. The big one uh, on the big screen down here. It is Man City against Crystal Palace. If you are just joining our broadcast, it is Man City nil, Crystal Palace 1. And as Rob and I were just mentioning, Rob Wadsworth and Matthew Fortune, alongside myself, Chris McCarty, this evening. We just said off-air, Rob, City are struggling. They are a little bit, and they, he has made a change. He's brought his use on, taking David Silver off, and his use has just had an opportunity, which he's blazed wide, but he's <coughs> excuse me, he's getting frantic on the touchline. His pen, yeah. and uh, he needs they need to uh, make a change and uh, get some impetus, in, impetus into the game. I think penalty at St Mary. Southampton led by two goals to nil. I told you a few moments ago, Neto had pulled one back for Wolves. I can tell you, there's a penalty at St Mary's. It's for Wolves, and it's Raúl Jiménez standing over this one. He strides up, does the big Mexican. He's a goal machine, and he slots it in beautifully. It's the old broadcaster's curse. We sat here 10 minutes ago telling you Ralph Hasenhutl was the best manager since sliced bread and his team have just conceded to it. Southampton 2, Wolves 2. Let's now head to Las Vegas because Matthew Fortune, a colleague of yours, a friend of yours, a man who will be probably in one of the best seats in the house at the T-Mobile Arena. Small hours of tomorrow morning for us. Nighttime over in Vegas. It's Martin. Indeed it is. Hello, Martin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and yourself? Martin, great to have you. I should give you your proper title. Martin Dolman, Deputy Sports Editor, Daily Mirror, Boxing Correspondent, UFC Correspondent. You've got the best job in the world right now. You've been flown over to Las Vegas to watch some UFC, you jammy so-and-so. <laughs> I'm certainly not complaining. 
Absolutely not. Let's build up to this one then, Martin. Give us a bit of an insight. You've been there all week. You've seen Conor McGregor up close and personal. You've seen Cerrone as well, Donald the Cowboy Cerrone, up close and personal. Let me start by asking you, and I asked this question to Matt 10 minutes or so ago, this new and improved, I think Conor in the build-up has said he's turned over a new leaf. Are you seeing through that, has he, or is this all an act? To be honest, well, to start with, I'm not sure it's improved for us trying to, to cover Conor McGregor. It's far more exciting when he was, you know, dissing out the trash talk. I think it's definitely against Habib uh, 15 months ago. It was definitely too much. He took things too far. I think he was in a, in a bad headspace. But I think the, the problem that he's probably had this week, if he tried to trash talk with Donald Cerrone, he'd find it very difficult. He can't really... What can you say about a man who's had 50 fights, who fights at the drop of a hat four or six times a year? He's a family man. I think it would just come across badly, to be honest. So I think part of it, he probably is in a better place himself. And I think he probably just thinks, you know what, this is not a fight that I need to, to trash talk to get up for. I think he wants to come back. It's been a while. He probably realises that he needs to, it's, it's now or never. I think defeat in this fight would be catastrophic, probably. So I think he's just trying to get himself in a better place to make sure things don't go as badly wrong as they did last time. You, you touch on it there, Martin. From, from a media perspective, it's certainly been harder to, to fill the back pages with what Connor's been saying. But what's the atmosphere been like in Vegas? I would be, I've been reading that it hasn't quite been the full Irish takeover that we've tend to become accustomed to with McGregor fights in Vegas. How has it been being around the city? Is there an appetite for this new kind of Connor amongst the fans? It was very quiet. I think yes. Normally Friday was the win comes around. If you're in Las Vegas for the fight, you obviously go to the way and it's, it's the free part of the, of the weekend. So it did start to get busier yesterday. There were a few thousand the way, including some Irish fans, but it's nowhere near the sort of peak Conor McGregor years, 2015-16 onwards, when you couldn't move for, for the flags. But I think it's also got to remember it's January, it was less than a month since Christmas. It's always expensive to come to, to Las Vegas, whatever time of year. And if Conor McGregor really does fight three times this year, as he says he will, fans may be thinking, well, bigger fights in the summer, I'm going to save the money and come in. Interesting point. We'll get on to, to who is lined up for him next. Is it a case of already looking down the line? Is this a gimme for him tomorrow morning or, or tonight for you? It's, it's not a gimme, definitely not. But Don Stroney does struggle at the top level. He always has done. And Conor McGregor... Conor McGregor, if Conor McGregor is at his best or better, as he says, is the top level. So, on paper, and of course, fights never don't always play out as should on paper, but on paper, he should be with Cerrone comfortably. But we have to remember the fight is at welterweight, 170 pounds, which should favour Cerrone. Conor McGregor used to fight at 145, so it's a huge difference there. But I think McGregor should have too much. And then, of course, in the fight game, we always look ahead to what's next before the first fight season happens but it looks like even though this fight is at it's essentially an eliminator for McGregor to get a rematch with Khabib probably in the summer and that's well that's all sorts of madness <laughs> one of the uh, one of the names also been thrown around is Jorge Mavidal I understand that he's going to be 
do you say ringside or do you say octagon side when it comes to you? Either way, he's going to be in the arena. Is that something that UFC fans would like to see? And is that something, because there's going to be so much in it, we may think that McGregor is dialing it down because Cerrone is not the type of person you can engage with. Would we see a different McGregor up against Madvidal in terms of the way he'd talk and try and sell the fight? It's definitely a fight that, that Connor seems to want. I think the UFC are less enthusiastic because there's this feeling that Connor is just too small at that weight. And Masvidal is he's a fully fledged welterweight. He had a great year last year, three you know incredible victories. Really, one of the got catapulted himself from a sort of an early man to suppose, one of the best fighters the UFC has. I think again, I don't know. Masvidal sort of showing some similarities to, to Connor. He's just launched his own alcoholic drink. I think we probably bounce off each other really well. Maybe like the way McGregor did with Nate Diaz. It wasn't, again, too much you know, trash talk. It was more sort of, uh, they played off each other well. So I think that would be more entertaining. Though. Again, I don't think it would be a case of McGregor you know, going for him so much. And, and, and on the fight itself tonight, tomorrow morning for us, tell us about styles. I think UFC for, for a lot of combat sports enthusiasts is, is a bit difficult to get their head around. We were treated to, to a UFC event here in September, which was a lot of grappling involved. Of course, Khabib headlining that. What can we expect from tonight's fight? Is it a bit more of a, a strike force or is it going to be something much similar to what we saw between Khabib over in Abu Dhabi? I think sort of the, the popular you know, idea is that Cerrone's best chance of winning the fight is to take it to the, to the ground it's always Connor's perceived weakness. I guess that just that's largely because his striking is so good. But when you hear Cerrone speak, you just get the impression he wants he loves a fight. And a fight in his eyes in his eyes is on the feet. You know, he's a good kickboxer. So if he does what he says he'll do, I suspect he may well just stand in there and trade, which may well to be be to his detriment. But no, I think it'll definitely be entertaining for as long as it lasts. And I think if he goes into the fourth and fifth round, that's when it might go to the ground and that's when Connor could be in trouble. But if he, if he does what he should do, then I'm sure he'll finish it on the seat in, uh, in the first couple of rounds. Is that your prediction, Martin? That was going to be my next question. Are you expecting Connor to get an early stoppage in this one? I think so. I think round about the second round, I think Cerrone doesn't start fights very well. He's quite a slow start and takes time to build. I'm not sure it'll be a, a spectacular one-punch knockout that we saw against Jose Aldo, for example. I think maybe more an accumulation the referee steps in. But I think Connor will just have too much of his angles, his movement. And, yeah, I think it, he needs to make a statement. And I think if he does that, then I'm not saying all will be forgiven, but certainly he'll be back in the back in the wind home and then move on to bigger and better things. What about celebs as well? Celeb spotting, Martin. I appreciate your job is to, to write and scribe and, and make sure that we're, we're all furnished with inside information on both camps, etc. But are we expecting... It is Las Vegas, after all. I know you've said it's it's January. It's expensive for us mere mortals, but for your Hollywood and the rest of it, it's just a, a four-hour drive from LA. Are we expecting to see some big names uh, octagon side? I'm sure there will be. I mean, there'll be, there'll be plenty of, obviously, American sports stars, but Tyson Fury is here. He's training for his fight in Vegas in a month's time against Deontay Wilder. So he will be uh, Oscar's side. So, and he's flirted with the idea of trying some mixed martial arts. But you know, there'll definitely be people from, from across the spectrum of, of celebrities, I'm sure. There's always a rush for tickets. And, you know, Connor says a lot of things, but one thing he does 
see that he's right is that Conor Knight is, is each night, whoever he's fighting, it almost doesn't really matter who's in the other corner. So everybody wants to be seen. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Listen, Martin, it'd be remiss of us as well. I know you're a busy boy. I know it's early over in Las Vegas. Before I let you go, though, 2020 from your other passion, boxing. What can we expect? I know we've got, obviously, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder the end of February. Anthony Joshua Pulev, I was reading this past week, Istanbul has been touted for that one. 2020, I guess the big question, will we get to see Joshua versus the winner of Wilder Fury in 2020? I would love to say yes, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to, you know, to, to be a party pooper or anything. But I just think it's very, very unlikely. Joshua has two mandatories to, to fight, and his, his sort of biggest challenge is to be able to hold on to his belt and fight both of them. This year, he won't fight more than twice, I would imagine. So I think it's very, very unlikely. Oh, you know, but even <laughs> even if Wilder beats Fury. You can then call for a rematch, so they might fight for a third time. So do, do, nothing, anything can happen in boxing. But you're asking me now, I'd say no. You must say, you must say, Martin. And I know boxing is your, your kind of first love. UFC, I think, is is everyone's kind of second love or third love in some cases. We're all kind of new to to mixed martial arts in, in many respects. You, as a boxing aficionado, you must agree though that it's 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 not right. UFC Dana White has got it absolutely spot on. The big fighters fight the other big fighters. He's got that absolutely nailed boxing. It's just run by your Eddie Hearns and your Al Heyman's, your promoters rule the roost, do they not? They do. I think, I suppose Dana White probably learned from boxing. He probably had that advantage, at least, that boxing was so well established. And when he took over the UFC, he was, he was able to structure it in a way that the best do fight the best. We, you know, there are fewer weight divisions, that is obviously only one belt in our division. So it, it, it does work, and I think also for some reason a defeat in, in mixed martial arts does not count the same, if you like, as a defeat in boxing. Yeah. Everyone thinks that defeat in boxing is the end of the world, but it shouldn't be, and I think fighters eventually learn that. Um, but so many of them protect their records. There are very few, if any, we talked about Khabib earlier, he's one of very few mixed martial artists who have a perfect record. But it, it doesn't mean anything if you're 25 and 3 or, or yeah. 7. You can still be the champion, you can still be the best. And it's definitely refreshing. Whether it can ever happen in boxing, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm with you. It's the Floyd Mayweather effect. That all matters so much more after he came on the scene. Listen, Martin, bless you, my man. Go and tuck into the buffet. I'm not quite sure which hotel. Which hotel are you staying at? <laughs> be at the MGM. Oh, the NGM, of course you are. Oh, listen, you go and have a whale of a time, you, uh, because uh, you're going you're gonna to be in for a great day. It's going to be fantastic. Conor McGregor against Donald Cerrone. Bless you, Martin. Deputy sports editor, Daily Mirror, boxing uh, reporter, boxing correspondent for the newspaper as well. Looking forward to reading all that you've got to say on that fight a little later. Martin, enjoy yourself for now, and we'll catch up with you again very soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Top stuff. The voice there of Martin uh, uh, from... The Daily Mirror, Martin Dolman, good lad as well. Scottish accent as well, nice to see two Scots. We yeah. should have probably had someone translating for us over the last five minutes. No, I think we just about got it. He's That's a Wraith Rovers fan, is, is our Martin. Indeed He's he from Kirkcaldy, is he? Kirkcaldy, that was it. He's yeah. a Kirkcaldy man, Wraith Rovers, Danny Lennon and all. If you're still listening, Martin, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, then I'm just talking to probably one other Wraith Rovers fan, because Alan Ewins, if you're listening, Alan, it's a shout-out for you as well. Right then, 8.30, Rob Wadsworth has been keeping an eye on everything that's been going on from football because we've neglected it over the last 15 minutes or so. We're going to come back to that. We'll also hear a little bit from Connor and Donald Cerrone as we go between now and 9 o'clock. Stay tuned.
Yeah, welcome back to our broadcast down here at Barasti, keeping you up to date with all the live sport. The football is where our focus is on. And oh, I'm so, so sorry to Southampton fans. Why? They were 2-0 up. We're waxing lyrical about Big Ralph. And what's happened, Rob? Well, it's Mr. Ralph Jimenez who's got his, got his second goal of the game, making it 3-2 to Wolves. Oh. And then just a minute later, Grealish for Villa made it 1-1. Um, against Brighton with a lovely left foot finish on the edge of the box, smashed it into the into the corner. So yeah, Wolves three, Southampton two, Villa one, Brighton one. <sighs> My goodness, what a turnaround that is at St Mary's. That is incredible. Southampton on this wonderful run, confidence up. Is there anything, uh, I guess, overconfident, or is it just Wolves and Nuno Santo tweaking things? I think, uh, yeah, I think I think it's just that. I think Southampton haven't played too badly from what we've seen, clips of it. They scored, they went up, scored two goals early and went, and went ahead. But yeah, Wolves have come back into it. They've been let back into it, perhaps. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still 10, 15 minutes left. Ten minutes left, perhaps. Um, see what happens. Big one, that. Yeah, the big the big result of the day so far though is at the Etihad, Chris, where Manchester City are still trailing Palace by a goal to nil, but. VAR has come to Roy Hodgson's rescue. Yeah. To my money, I cannot see how that has not been given at a penalty. Really? Yeah. No, nah, it's not a penalty. Never. But why hit, not? Hit his thigh. Hit his thigh come into up. His unnatural hand. position. That explains to the listeners his unnatural position uh, position of his arm. Cross has come in low from the right hand side. It's uh, Radovar, um the Dutch fullback. Weidwald. Thank you. Weidewald. That one. Uh, was um, <laughs> sliding in to try and intercept the cross before it reached the edge of the six-yard box. Leg outstretched. It flicked the top of his thigh and then cannoned up onto his arm, which was in a massively unnatural position. And I where, think it's where, where would have it? Where should his arm be? By his side. But he was stretching out. It's the balance. You, you he would have had to have down there. Uh, Jan Vertonghen gave away a penalty for exactly the same reason today. By so sliding in exactly the same angle, it just hit his hand directly. I just think it's an inconsistency for that. Yeah, but when it flicks off flicks the thigh, off, yeah. that's when it changes it. It doesn't. But, but how does it? How so? It's your it's your mistake if you can't get your thigh in the right position to prevent it. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I, I differ. I'm with Rob on yeah. this. I think when Jan Vertonghen's one today, when he slides in, his arm is definitely up in the air. Today, with uh, uh, and we can't get his name, Rydervald, the, the Dutchman, he's stretching out to block it. His arm, I need to see it again because I've been talking to Martin and UFC. His arm is, okay, it's kind of up, but it's just it's the, the stretch. Out. It's, it's out, that. it's out. Yeah. But it's hit the thigh and then hit the arm. If it had hit the arm directly, then it's a penalty. Yeah. But because it's hit his thigh, the referee, gave, we should point out to our listeners, the referee gave, gave it, the, penalty, yeah. the VAR boys have then checked it and went, oh, ref, being a bit harsh here, it's come off his thigh and it's that kind of innocuous one. It would have been a harsh penalty. That being said, oh. we've got to go. We've got, we've got a goal. Finally, City are on level terms, and it's the man who I had in my fantasy team, and I took out. It is Sergio Aguero. It is indeed, Chris. We've got about eight minutes of normal time to go, and it's that man, oh. Sergio Aguero, sliding in at the far post. I'm just waiting for the replay to see who it was that floated a glorious little cross. No pace on it whatsoever. I think is that Riyad Mahrez just battling in outside of his right... Oh, oh tucked lovely. inside and floated an inch-perfect pass. I mean, if you look at the definition of the corridor cross, it's absolutely yeah. sumptuous. Just in between Gary Cahill and Alex oh, McCarthy in the goal. It's a beautiful Alex ball. McCarthy, of course not. Um, who's the Palace goalkeeper? Gator. Gator, sorry. And Aguero right on the spot, lunging with his right foot and pokes it home. One all. He's timed that really well, oh, Aguero, hasn't he? The way he's stretched and just managed to get his foot to it. And this is a great thing. I can't remember if I heard it on your show, Chris, in the week. We're talking about Aguero and why he's never considered among... I mean, he, he is, but he never makes the, the team of the year or whatever it is. And there's a lot 
not enough credit given to Aguero for the goals that he scores. Sure, he finishes off moves. He's in the right place at the right time. That is really, really difficult to do. The intelligence of movement that he has in and yeah. around the box to arrive at exactly the right time. Look, you can get headlines like Thierry Henry did by skinning three oh, defenders oh, oh, oh. And, and burying it in the bottom corner. Of course he can. But Sergio Aguero's intelligence without the ball, when it is moving around at the speed it does with Man City, is brilliant. And that goal is a fine example. Look, it looks like a tap-in at the far post. It looks like an excellent cross. But it's the movement. It's yeah. the step-in. It's then off the shoulder of Cahill. It's glorious centre-forward play. It's lovely. It is so, so good, Sergio Aguero. Just Rob. a quick update from uh, Carrow Road, where it's still Norwich 1, Bournemouth nil, But Norwich have, have had a man sent off. Ben Godfrey has been sent off. I'm not sure for what Straight for. red. Straight red, though. Ex-York City man, I should add. Is uh, he? He is, yes. Um, however, Bournemouth have still failed to have a shot. OK, we'll keep an eye on that once both teams there down to 10 men. So if you are just joining us, Arsenal, not heard much about Arsenal today. They lead a good Sheffield United what? side. We did discuss that at length by a goal to oh. nil. Brighton versus... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is... Someone take the microphone off, Chris. Goodness me. <laughs> We've got a goal at the Emirates. We head on down there and it's gone the way of who, Matthew Fortune? It's gone to the visitors, Chris. The Blades have cut through... <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. That's <laughs> you you've done there. Oh, it's, jeepers. It's one all. Indeed it is. I'm just waiting for the score John to come up the screen. It's John Fleck that scored. It looked like a, a quite smart finish, to be honest, across again to the towards the, uh, the deep part of the area. And he's taken it on the side, hit it into the ground, and it's bounced over Burnt Leno in the goal. And it's on the 83rd minute that they've pulled one back, Sheffield United. United, of course, who beat Arsenal at Bramall Lane earlier this season, looking, I believe, for their first double over the Gunners in about 60 years. Wow. Wow, what a start that is. Arsenal won, Sheffield United won then. Man City finally level at home to Crystal Palace. They're searching for a winner in the final five minutes of regulation time. We've seen Kevin De Bruyne flash one over the crossbar. So if you are just joining us, Watford nil, Tottenham nil. That one from earlier on. Arsenal won, Sheffield United won, Brighton won, Aston Villa won. Man City Palace, the same scoreline there. Norwich, they lead Bournemouth by a goal to nil. Southampton, we're up 2-0. They're now down 3-2 at home to Wolves and it remains West Ham 1, Everton 1. We've not been to the London Stadium. We haven't heard much from them uh, this uh, evening and I'm just waiting. So you're trying goal. to tempt fate by saying it. A little bit. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying to do my best, Everton and West Ham fans. Uh, interestingly enough, in the Championship, Rian Brewster on loan from Liverpool has scored for Swansea they lead Wigan by two goals to one Derby they lead Hull by a goal to nil still no Wayne Rooney on the score sheet for Derby Preston they've turned it all around they lead Charlton by two goals to one Blackburn result of the day in the Championship after QPR's win over Leeds that is I can tell you that Blackburn have gone to Sheffield Wednesday and they lead by four goals to nil that is a turn up for the books and I'm conscious as well Scottish Cup uh, action today Aberdeen nil Dumbarton nil not a great result that Inverness Caledonian Thistle they lead Alloa by three goals to two hearts they're beating Airdrie 4-0 Kilmarnock have beaten Queen's Park 4-0 looking else for the big names St Johnston they lead by Green at Morton by two goals to nil and I can tell you that Wraith Rovers who were talking to Martin Dominic from the uh, Daily Mirror a short while ago on all things Conor McGregor he will not be happy to know that Livingston are defeating or at least leading Wraith uh, Rovers by two goals to one that gets you bang up to date with that. Not that we've got many Aloha Athletic fans, I don't think, <laughs> listening to this show. We're into the final. Oh, you never know if you are an Aloha fan. Do let us know. 4001. Into the five minutes, though. Uh, final five minutes of Premier League action. Sampdoria, uh, they lost 5 1 to Lazio in Syria A today. The big story coming out of Germany, however, Erlein Haaland has come on and we've got a goal. 
at the Etihad we go. Man City were a goal down just five minutes ago. They've turned it around. They have indeed, and it's Sergio Aguero again. Three minutes to go, and the Argentine, we're just waiting for the replay, but he is being mobbed by players, substitutes alike. That is a big, big goal for City. They have not been at the races today. They have not. They have been a long, long way from their best. Have to say, game has changed for them since Gabriel Jesus yeah. came on and partnered Aguero up front. We're just waiting for the replay, but he's the player that's emerging from the bundle of players and celebrating this one. It's a neat little pass. It's De Bruyne at the heart of it again. Far left. Bernard Mendy with a brilliant cross. Oh, the whip on that. Aguero standing unmarked, though. Palace, who have worked so doggedly at the back. And who is it? James Tompkins just standing far too far away. He's got free reign, Sergio Aguero, from about eight yards out. Heads it into the ground, and it spins into the far corner away. Massive hat tip to Benjamin Mendy for an excellent cross. Beautiful shape on it. Great goal. Yeah, I'm gutted, fantasy football-wise. I made played my wild card today. Put Jimenez in, who scored two. Put Aguero in, scored two. Then I panicked and went, no, nah, I'll do it next week. What have I done? What have I done? Erling Haaland, by the way, he will be adorning the back pages, probably on the front pages of major German newspapers tomorrow. Why? Because the youngster signed from Red uh, RB, it's Red Bull Salzburg, it's not RB Leipzig, it's Red Bull Salzburg over in Austria. The young Norwegian has come off the bench today with a side 3-1 down and he has led them to a 5-3 victory. He has scored a hat-trick on debut in German football. Some start from isn't it? That's 23 unreal. minutes. That's unreal. Yeah. What a start that is for Erling Haaland, the son of Reminisc Alfie Reminiscent Haaland. of Wayne Rooney's start at Man A United. A little, yeah. That Came big win Champions over League, Fenerbahce. Yeah. Oh, do you remember that? Blimey. Cause it was one of those, that was a where were you yeah, when yeah. moments, absolutely. It certainly was. So that is a great result, that, for Borussia Dortmund. They lead, as I say. Uh, they lead, and they have won that game 5-3. What an uh, advertisement for German football. If you want entertainment, you watch Borussia Dortmund. That result has taken them up to fourth and 33 points. We talked about it earlier. That league is so tight. RB Leipzig on 37 points. Borussia Mönchengladbach on 35. Bayern, Dortmund and Schalke all on 33. That is a little... Uh, yeah, that's going to be a real good title tussle between now and the end of the season. For that, there is no doubt. I'm conscious of time as well. What are we? Quarter to nine. Team news is in. So let's get the team news from St. James's Park. Newcastle taking on Chelsea. I'm going to start with the home side. I'll come to you for the home side if I can, Matthew. Newcastle, how have they lined up? Yeah, Newcastle in big trouble at the moment. They've lost three on a the bounce. They're ravaged, ravaged by goodness me. We've got to go. We head back to the Etihad Stadium. Oh, my goodness. It's 2-2, it's Crystal Palace, it's Wilfred Zaha who scored the goal, I think it's Zaha, formerly I, of Manchester United. I think it's going to go down as an own goal, Chris, I think it's going to be Fernandinho, oh, you're absolutely right, we're in the final minute of play, the clock is just about to tick over into 90, and uh, Wilf Zaha is in that corner in front of the away fans, cupping his ears, he's been quiet today, Zaha, Palace have been good, but he hasn't been at the heart of all of their good play, lovely little ball down through the channel, I think it's from McCarthy, Zaha twisting and turning to the, oh yes. it is an own goal. Twisting and turning, he leaves Stones and Cancelo on their backside. Stones especially will not look favourably back on this. Zaha beats him, all ends up, crosses it low, hard, and with Tosson standing on the shoulder of Fernandinho, it's the Brazilian midfielder playing at centre-half that turns oh. it home. Off his standing foot, 2-2. John, John Stones was bullied, wasn't he? There? He, yeah, was he was absolutely bullied. That is a reason why probably John Stones 
He's being start. linked with Arsenal. <laughs> Probably. Yes, that would explain one or two things. It was Conor Wickham, in actual fact, who's ah, come sorry, on. Conor Wickham. Standing at the back post, the big physical specimen that is Conor Wickham. It is an own goal, and we've got five minutes of added on time at the Etihad. It's Man City 2, Crystal Palace 2. I can tell you, turn up for the books at Santiago, uh, Santiago Bernabeu. Real Madrid, I should tell you, are leading Sevilla by two goals to one. The goal scorer, Casemiro, has got two. You don't see that man scoring very often and he's like London buses today. He's got one and he's got another as well. So Real Madrid leading Sevilla by two goals to one. We're into the closing stages then of this afternoon's Premier League action. It's stoppage time for an awful lot of these matches. Arsenal, Sheffield United one apiece. Brighton, Aston Villa one apiece. Palace, at Man City, two all in that one. Norwich, they're holding on against Bournemouth. Wolves lead Southampton by three goals to two. And West Ham, Everton, it's 1-1 in that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have full times for you. We'll wrap up. We're going to hear a bit from Connor as well. Keep it locked right here. Dubai 103.8. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Yeah, final 10 minutes of the show. A lot of you getting in touch. Big thanks to Raj, who's been in touch. Elvis has been in touch as well. Just wanted to say a thanks for the tickets to Dubai Opera today. Thank you, Elvis. I will take that, but it wasn't me that handed you those tickets. It must have been one of our colleagues in one of our uh, shows on the station. Great to hear from you. Raj has been in touch. Who is doing the impersonation of Robbie there, Chris? Impersonation of Robbie Greenfield? I'm not quite sure. Robbie's not in the building. It's Rob and it's Matthew Fortune that I've got down here. I have used some pretentious words today, so maybe that's what he's thinking. It may well be that, Raj. (laughs) Do let us know if it is Matthew Fortune and his big long words. He is filling in for Robbie, Mr Vocabulary himself. We are just wrapping up proceedings in the next 10 down here. We're well into stoppage time at the Etihad. In actual fact, as soon as Gator hits this goal kick, I do wonder whether that full-time whistle will be blowing. It is Man City 2, Crystal Palace 2. You've been watching this one closely, Rob. City fits and starts. Palace well-deserving of a point, though, eh? Yeah, I think they are, yes. But they Palace had a good first half. Man City definitely grew into into the second half. Uh, Guardiola made some changes on around the 60th minute, brought Jesus on, and that certainly helped Aguero and changed the game, really. And since then, City kind of camped in Palace's half. Palace were able to uh, break away when they could. Um, and scored on the breakaway actually a few minutes ago. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting game. City really struggled to break Palace down, but they were eventually able to. I put one thing to Matt Fortune actually. I tell you, one player I have been quite impressed with this game is uh, Gary Cahill playing centre half. And we've talked about centre halves earlier in the show, and maybe Arsenal's lack of yeah. decent centre halves. Well, Arsenal, Cahill, Arsenal very that... much took the wrong one from Chelsea yeah. over the summer. 100. percent Yeah, I think he's uh, he has that sort of leadership quality that yeah. I think the Arsenal backline seriously lacks this and David Luiz is not the chump that everybody thinks he is he has his moments of course he does but he's, this is a top class defender I just think he needs uh, solidity around him in order to thrive whereas yeah. Gary Cahill can provide that solidity that the other players around him can thrive at and I do think Arsenal win knocking on the door at Stamford Bridge and took the wrong defender I don't disagree with that I'm just thinking here boys it is amazing isn't it you look at Spurs today hanging on against Watford you look at Arsenal drawing at home to Sheffield United Man U's woes this season as well Man City about to drop two more points and actually fact they've done just that full time whistle at the Etihad Stadium Liverpool might have this title wrapped up I, I kid you not the title might be wrapped up in March at the rate it's going if Liverpool, yes, yeah, Liverpool are so consistent, but yeah, this team's just not not performing, are they? And, and equally, you've got the likes of Sheffield United, Palace, who we talked about, obviously just got picked up another point, who are seventh in the league, I think. 
ninth, ninth, ninth in the league, but they, and they're all up there, and they've got you know they're going to be pushing if if, if the the usual big clubs aren't picking up the points, aren't getting the results, and it's going to be a, an interesting back half of the season to see who finishes in those European places. City have now played 23, 48 points from their 23 matches. Liverpool have played just 21. They've got two games in hand over City. The lead is 13 points. If they were to win, and I know it's ifs, buts, and maybes. They're two games in hand, 19 Man. points ahead of last season's champion. That's mental. It's absolutely incredible. I tell you what, Liverpool, they'll have it wrapped up. They'll have it wrapped up by April. I think April. I think that yeah. early. I think they'll have it yeah. done by April. They'll have it. What's the record right now? I think the, the title's been handed out with five games to go. Yeah. I think Man U, City and Chelsea. I think that's a record that three exactly. teams share, I think, on that front. They'll smash that record. They could, if it continues the way it's going, they could have them, the title wrapped up by March 31. And then they're full on for the Champions League, aren't they? And then that it's, <laughs> leaves then them it's open. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's remarkable. It's what it is. Right then, full-time whistle at Carroll Road. That is a big, big, big win for Norwich City. They've beaten Bournemouth by a goal to nil. Eddie Howe's woes, will they continue? Norwich, they've just given themselves a glimmer. A glimmer. They need, they need some more glimmers, don't they, over the next few weeks. But yeah, huge result down there. 1-0. Uh, Pukki scored with a penalty in the, early in the, in the first half. Um, both down to 10 men. Uh, Godfrey sent off in the second half in Norwich. And unfortunately, Mr Lerma didn't get a yellow card, which I'm <laughs> most disappointed about. The question there, there though, you got one then. Did Fabian Delft? And Fabian Delft didn't either, Rob. Oh, so, so sorry. Silly, so Rob. sorry. Let's have right. apology to both, please, Rob. It's all right. Jefferson Lerma and Fabian Delft, you can bet your life both will be booked next week. Full-time <laughs> whistle has blown down at the Amex as well. It's finished Brighton 1, Aston Villa 1 as well. That's not a good result there for Brighton. I think Villa will take the point. I've got to say, though, looking at the bottom three now, Norwich bottom on 17 points. Then comes Bournemouth on 20 points. Then Villa on 21. There's a two-point gap now to Watford and to West Ham. I'll go on a limb here, boys, and say the bottom three is the bottom three that will be there come the end of the season. Anyone else you see dropping into that? The only one I would throw out there is Burnley. Chris, I think they're steadily falling backwards and I think they're suffering for the same thing that Bournemouth are suffering for, a bit stale. I think. Mm. I don't think the managers... They've got goals, though. They've got Barnes, they've got Wood. Yeah. They do have got, but they don't have them consistently. They have them in patches, absolutely. I think Ashley Barnes went eight games this season without scoring a goal at one point, but then did flourish over a, a shorter period of time. I just think... Again, you need to rejuvenate, you need to reinvest, you need to maybe change your approach, freshen things up. And I mean, we've all been there, we've all had jobs. We don't, it's six years, seven years of doing the same thing day in, day out, over and over again gets tiresome for people and I think sometimes it's nice to freshen things up and that's no discrediting the jobs that either Howe or Dyche have done, mm. I think, but they'll struggle for it. But I, I think you're absolutely right, Norwich will go, I'm convinced that Bournemouth will go. Yeah. I, I, I see something in Villa if they because they're most likely to strengthen I think in terms of the money that they have available to them I think they've got quality there that can lift them out of trouble but it will be tight make no mistake but I do fear for Burnley yeah I think something like West Ham Moyes has got a job there to do hasn't he to get them performing he's and he's got to do it quick yeah. You know, he's got to have, he's not, maybe not as much impact as Pearson's had at Watford, but he's got to get them performing because they're not too far away either. And if they don't perform, they, they, they are well and truly getting sucked into it. You're right. Well, they've drawn today, have West Ham. These are the classified football results then. Watford nil, Tottenham nil. Arsenal one, Sheffield United one. What are you chuckling at at that? It's the way you said classified football results. Yeah. So there was a little part of me Old that school. absolutely living your childhood. I am right now. Don't you worry, my man. I really enjoyed that. Arsenal 
one. Sheffield United one. I won't do it. Brighton one. Aston Villa one. Man City have drawn two apiece with Crystal Palace at the Etihad. That's a big result for Roy Hodgson. What it has done, it's basically just give the. Can we just give the title? I hate to say it. Just give it to Liverpool now. And let's hit reset on this season, please, because I'm hating every second of it. It's Norwich one, Bournemouth nil. Southampton result of the day in many respects. Two 0 down were Wolves at St Mary's, and they've come back to win it three two. Raúl Jiménez with a couple of goals there. West Ham uh, one. Everton won. We saw nothing of that second half, so I can only assume it was a bit of a, a damp squib, that second half down at the London Stadium. As for the Championship, I guess the big result there, Blackburn Rovers have gone to Sheffield Wednesday and they've won 5-0 for goodness sake. Lazio, they were 5-1 winners over Sampdoria. I can tell you that Real Madrid have held on for victory against Sevilla. We didn't even talk Barcelona. Can you believe Ernesto Valverde sacked top of the league? I can yeah. believe it, certainly. I can certainly believe <laughs> well, it. Yeah, it's football, I guess. Yeah. I mean, all, all, all he's done is win the last two titles. I mean, it's, it's rubbish. Shocking, right? <laughs> Absolutely. As, 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 someone shocking. Made, as someone made the quip to me, he probably had a go at Messi in the change room after training one day, and that was enough to be the end of him. Well, yeah, probably, <laughs> in actual fact. I know Lionel Messi came on uh, Instagram to thank him. Did it so he did for his uh, his services to that football club. But uh, he has gone, and uh, sent, uh, C10 comes in. Yeah. K- uh, Kiki, C10, the, the Real Betis, former coach, of Real Betis someone that very much in keeping with Barcelona's mantra I'm intrigued by that one new manager mid-season knowing Barcelona he'd probably go on and win in the Champions League yeah. when you've got Messi well, it makes it that much easier if Roberto Di Matteo can come in as a caretaker manager Fair and point. the Champions League I think anyone can yeah. Yeah. Is it bad? I think it's a stat for you he's only the second manager in the club's history to bought it stacked within a season in the season Ooh, is it really yeah. great start they oh, always yeah. wait till the end of the yeah, campaign I was, tell you, okay, so who was the one before Oh, good question. Louis van Gaal? I, I, I didn't do that much recently. Louis van Gaal? <laughs> tempted to say Louis van Gaal. I'm tempted. And I will say Louis van Gaal. I'll double tempted, check. I'm tempted to agree because I'm pretty sure if anyone would it know it. Well be, know yeah. it. <laughs> Just on that though as well, uh, final tip from me. So many good things on Netflix. I know that all of you will be watching stuff. Bobby Robson documentary. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. I had a tear in my eye and I'm not embarrassed to admit that. It was an incredible... If you haven't yeah, seen it, really watch good. it really, really good. And the other good one that's out there, which is... I don't think it's on Netflix yet, but it's on, definitely on the Emirates flights, is the Maradona. Maradona. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch that on the Emirates flight as oh, well. And one more next time you're on a long flight Emirates, watch the HBO 2 episodes of Muhammad Ali, Say My Name. Goodness me. Oh, I mean, I know I'm into my boxing, so I'd love it anyway. But just for an icon of sport yeah. and the footage they have of him as a 17, 18 year old fighting in basements of uh, like uh, department stores and how he came through I mean it's, and it's all about the boxing yeah. it's, not, it's not the story it's not the, the politics side of it it's, of course it's touched upon but it's how it affected his fighting so if you want to know more about a, a legend that everybody knows it, it's awesome and it's HBO it's put together Muhammad Ali Diego Maradona Sir Bobby Robson three icons of sport there you go that's your week sorted take our advice on all of those things listen wrapping up now I want to say Rob Wadsworth massive thank you you've got your cagoule on you're warm we're going to tuck into some food now thank you so yeah, much thank you so much guys great to, great to be with you always a pleasure to catch up with Rob Nadal Sheba Sports Complex of course Matthew Fortune big thank you to you as well you've got your jumper on you've had your jumper on all day <laughs> you're excited McGregor Cerrone who wins McGregor wins in yeah. two yeah I'm with you on that front as well big thank you to Matthew as Pleasure. well big thanks as always to each and every one of you you've got a fan in Raj Raj is wondering if Robbie's stressing out for his job you two so <laughs> listen you hear these two on a, on a semi-regular basis you might hear an awful lot more from them that is, a, this, that is it for us today I've been on air 
seven hours today. I'm knackered. Marcus, big thanks to Marcus. Big thanks to all the team back at house. Big thanks to Isa back at home as well. Benji and Rick earlier today at the golf. Robbie Greenfield as well. Thanks to you, my man. And uh, we're back to do it all over again tomorrow. We're on air slightly earlier time of four o'clock. Robbie's dulcet tones will be out on the 18th green and we'll see through the finale of the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship presented by EGA. Until then, have yourselves a wonderful Saturday night. Good night. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.